Hi there, Neil here. Obviously, you love to travel. That's why you're listening to this podcast. Circa, our app available right now from the App Store on iOS, is filled with podcasts and guides for travelers. But more than that, it has a feature that we're calling the Circa Concierge, where you can have any question about any place you're traveling answered by real people on the ground. We're giving you a friend to ask anywhere in the world. And hey, if you've got questions about Barcelona, you might even get me. Because I love to help people discover my city. And if you're the same way for the city where you live, then we want you to become part of the Circa Concierge too. Right now, we're searching for concierges in Barcelona, Rome, London, Paris, Madrid, Venice, and New York City. Don't see your city listed? That's okay. We'll be rolling out new cities throughout the year, and yours might just be next. If you love where you live and love to help travelers, sign up now to be a Circa Concierge. Help out our users and earn tips for the knowledge you have about your own city or country. Head over to circatravel.com forward slash concierge and sign up today. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to Circa. In this Start Here episode... We will be listing a lot of places, people, and incredible things in New York City. We're going to tell you a lot, but don't worry. There will be maps, notes, and info on the places mentioned in the Circa app. You can also listen to episodes about NYC's food, history, culture, and huge personality. One easy subscription unlocks the world. So, just sit back, put your headphones on, and enjoy the ride. Let's go to New York, New York. Taxi! Circa. Love the world you live in, and we'll help you explore it. First off, let's be honest. A guide to New York is like an instruction manual for how to fall in love. It's impossible. It's personal. All the cliches are true, and none of it is a given. Perhaps you've been to New York. Perhaps you've only seen it on film. Maybe the thought of this city exhilarates you or terrifies you a little. Maybe you lived here for 20 years and just want to remember why you loved it and why you left. Maybe you're only dreaming of visiting, and you want the vicarious ride of someone on the ground. A ground you're thousands of miles from. I'm Alyssa Ciccarello, adopted New Yorker, voice teacher, and traveler. 
me and my dear friend, writer, director, foodie, and Brooklynite, Dira Rao, who wrote this episode, are going to help you get accustomed to all of the insanity that the Big Apple has to offer. It's by her, from me, but really, this is for all of you. You want Broadway, the Empire State Building, Grand Central at rush hour? You want the pizza that drops the mic in your salivating mind or Szechuan that will make you scream a god's name you rarely invoke? You want to party all night? You want to bump into a celebrity that looks as disheveled as you do? You want to slurp noodles at 3 a.m.? You want to go see 200 people resurrect your faith in the human voice watching La Boheme at the Met in your own private box or just spend your night eating chat from a Punjabi sweet shop? We got you. You want a sacred spot of trees so quiet you can hear the grass? Guess what? It's here too. Or love at first sight with a beautiful stranger you'll never see again. Just take the subway in the spring on Friday night. If you want it, it's here. It is impossible to give you everything in this guide. Because that is New York. All of it, at once. It's like your favorite mixtape that shouldn't make sense, but does. A curry with so many ingredients, it turns into a symphony only by having all of it. This city is everything. Dirty, gorgeous, generous, relentless, inspiring, exhausting, delicious, expensive. There is nowhere like it on earth. Nowhere. And that's not just me being cocky. That's the truth. But these days, you gotta scratch just a little deeper to find that thing. Because the thing is, New York is getting a whole lot nicer. And partly it's a shame. Because New York has always been good. It just hasn't been nice. Or clean. Or polite. Or easy. Sure, it's great to drink a flat white on a quaint street filled with designer dogs. But is that really why you came? To experience New York right, we want you to get a little uncomfortable. Not in a dangerous way, not to leave scar tissue on your psyche, but to offer an edge that offers another higher vantage, to stretch a bit. So pack your bags and your emotional parachute. We're going to take a ride. Prepare to be wired and tired. Welcome to New York. How New York Became Itself Every single piece of New York is part of someone's history. It's rumored that in every apartment there is an inch of paint on the wall. One layer, one generation, one over the other. New York wasn't founded by Puritans fleeing religious persecution, like Massachusetts. Or Scots fleeing violence, like Appalachia or the gentry down south looking to mimic England without constraints. New York was founded first as New Amsterdam by the Dutch, and more importantly, by a Dutch corporation, to make a buck. New York was founded as a beaver fur trading post, the original marketplace, a harbor for all kinds looking for work. And because of that, it was almost immediately cosmopolitan. From the beginning, there were French-speaking Walloons, Lutherans from Poland, Catholics from Ireland, 
Indians actually from India, on and on. When Jews arrived and the racist governor wanted them banned, the Dutch India Corporation denied the request, saying if they were good workers, they could stay. Anything to make a buck. If you could work, you were welcome. Of course, let's not be too romantic. The first slaves to North America came through New York. That was free market capitalism, too. And while most ended up down south among the sprawling plantations, they were first sold in New York. Much of the bedrock of the city, the very cobblestones that lay beneath Wall Street, were built by slave labor. Yet even from the beginning, there were free black communities among the population of New York. There's something so practical about survival baked into the very cake of this place. When the English came in with guns ablazing to conquer the city from the Dutch, the residents petitioned to surrender peacefully with the caveat that they could keep their culture and keep working. Better to keep a job than lose your home. There were taverns before churches and a need for entertainment before security. There was always something transient about the place, people coming and going. Work hard, play hard, eat well, make a buck. Be in the moment. Don't necessarily like, but tolerate your neighbor. Not much has changed. Where to start? The best way to experience New York's history is to start walking and get curious. Don't pass up the iconic things. The Metropolitan Museum of Art, Lincoln Center, the Empire State Building. They're amazing for a reason. But you can get just as much out of an NYC experience by buying a cup of coffee from a street cart, or a burger from a diner, or a stick of gum at the bodega. Start in Brooklyn and take a walk across the Brooklyn Bridge to Manhattan. See the city through the bridge's 150-year-old cables of splendor, towards the gleaming glass scrapers in the distance, the glittering East River. Over 30 men died building the Brooklyn Bridge, and scores were severely wounded. But we don't memorialize them. We don't grieve every time we step onto it. We use the bridge. We wonder at it. It's a part of the city, and so are those who made it. That's the beauty and harshness of this place. The tension between scarcity and excess. That's the secret to New York. No one has enough money, yet it's the richest city in the world. No one has enough space here. Even the poshest among us share an elevator to get to their front door. But as soon as you're gone, you miss it. Yet too much tension, and the band breaks. The hunger turns into revolt. The scarcity turns into economic chaos. This has been the pattern of New York forever. It's the gorgeous push and pull that achieves a cultural and economic vibrancy. Yet its darker side is true turmoil, crime. The 20s roared louder than anywhere, but the depression dug deeper. In the 70s, the city went bankrupt. Whole communities burned, businesses abandoned. Crime soared, families fled. Yet it was still New York. Hip-hop emerged in the Bronx, the New Eurekan movement in the Lower East Side, 
the queer and drag culture of the village that unfurled its fabulous wings right out of the Stonewall riots. Communities in Brooklyn and Queens still raised families, sent their kids to school, ate pizza, and knew how to survive a street fight. The margins continued to define and create the city. Sometimes it feels that current New York has gone a little slack. But it's easy to find it with a little willingness to stretch and maybe go where you weren't expecting. Complaining about how New York has changed is the duty of a New Yorker. It's gone to hell. It used to be yada, yada, yada. This can be every generation's anthem. Yet in a nod to Octavia Butler, in New York, God is change. The Burroughs. New York City is made up of five boroughs, each almost their own city. Think of them kind of like five siblings. Manhattan, the oldest, the most established and secure, even with its thinning hair. Brooklyn, the overachieving second child, trying to show they can be every bit as cool, if not cooler. Queens, in the middle, getting lost no matter what they do. The Bronx, seemingly always getting the raw deal. And then... Staten Island, the youngest, who resents their siblings but longs to be included. It used to be you could visit Manhattan and say you had been to New York. And some people still do that. But to really get the feel of the city, you're going to have to get off, figuratively and literally, the island that is Manhattan. This is a 57th Street, 7th Avenue bound Q Express train. The next stop is Times Square, 42nd Street. Number one, Manhattan. Often just called the city, this is where, for most of New York's history, you'd want to be for the action. This place vibrates with the pulse of culture in the making. The best art and food is popping up in the other boroughs, but Manhattan is still arguably the diversity center of the world. If you doubt me, get on the subway at rush hour and go all the way from the southern tip of the island at Battery Park, where you can glimpse the Statue of Liberty and Ellis Island, and ride all the way to the other end, to Washington Heights, where the energy of a cultural mashup is infectious. Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, Cubans, also Jews, West Africans, and Greeks. The fruits of Lady Liberty's welcoming all those tired masses many generations in. The original harbor for all of it. Manhattan is where you'll find Broadway, Times Square, Greenwich Village, the Empire State Building, Wall Street, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Guggenheim, Radio City Music Hall. Here is where Seinfeld took place, and Friends, and Sex in the City. You can go have your own Ode to Joy listening to Beethoven's Ninth at the regal and singular Carnegie Hall, then come back the next evening to jetpack some cosmic bliss kicking it to the musical genius Flying Lotus for the Afrofuturist Festival. Here is where you can still snag a seat at Harlem's famous Apollo Theater during their amateur night. The same stage, an unknown 14-year-old Ella Fitzgerald first debuted and was almost laughed off the stage till she opened her mouth and started to sing. When my sugar walks down the street All the little birdies go tweet, tweet, tweet. 
Or you could lose a whole evening in Greenwich Village, basking in the reverie of drag queen fabulousness at the Stonewall Inn. From here, you can take a train to Grand Central Terminal, the most grand of all stations, and feel like you have hitched a ride to the heart of everything. As big as it seems, you'll never really get lost in Manhattan, at least when it comes to directions. Just remember this. It's a grid. And for the couple of places that throw a curveball, the West Village in Chinatown, you'll welcome the detour. These days, you could just plug your destination into your GPS, but there's nothing more satisfying than walking up the stairs from the subway and knowing exactly where you're going. Think of the streets like ladder pegs and avenues like the poles. All streets run east and west, and for most of the city, they are numbered, so you know when you're going the wrong way. As the numbers go up, you are going uptown. As they go down, downtown. Walk far enough east, and you'll reach the East River, where at some point there was rumored to be more dumped bodies from mob shenanigans than live fish. Walk far enough west, and you'll greet the Hudson River, lined by the financial district, fancy apartments, piers, and parks, all looking over to New Jersey, the shunned stepchild wishing to be noticed. You'd think the grid would feel authoritarian in its uniformness, unnatural, boring almost. But it's the genius that keeps this much chaos in check. And right in the center of all this sprawling concrete and glass is 850 acres of a green space. Aptly named Central Park. Studded throughout with giant glacial stones dating back to the dinosaurs, Central Park is immaculately designed with ample benches and lawns for sitting, waterfalls and lakes, 80 acres of wild rambling woodland and scenes out of a George Seurat painting. In the summer, there are star-studded concerts and Shakespeare in the Park. In the winter, ice skating. Hawks and raccoons call it home. Almost too romantic for its own good. Rumor has it that in the 70s, during the worst economic crisis, the city considered selling just one square block of Central Park to pay off all of New York's debt. But then they realized there would be a riot and thought better of it. But my favorite places in Manhattan are the hidden gems, the cloisters way up in Inwood, the community gardens of the East Village, the small, crowded basement shops off Canal Street. Check out our Skint episode in this guide to hear about those. Some secrets can't be shared too soon. Number two, Brooklyn. Almost a brand in itself, Brooklyn has become the uber of cool, the nexus of next, a joke of its own mystique. But Brooklyn is all of it, fancy and crappy, family-centric and swinger-central. In Brooklyn, you'll find neighborhoods that look like the bucolic suburbs and those that look like hellfire. It holds both the hottest styles coming out of Bushwick and Bed-Stuy and the most traditional stalwarts in Bay Ridge and Bensonhurst. While most of Brooklyn's residents would still think of industrial lofts as somewhere to store machinery, if there's a party happening worth your socks, chances are it's happening here. Brooklyn is massive. If it was its own city, it would be the third most populous in the country. 
and at the center of much of it is Prospect Park, aptly named Brooklyn's Backyard, a huge and accessible green space, less precious than Central Park. It brings together multiple neighborhoods that would teach a better class on democratization of public space than any liberal arts school. Here, you'll find everything from gay volleyball clubs to Caribbean family reunions, Mexican quinceañeras, little league games, Quidditch matches, tours for foraging wild foods, giant drum circles, small family picnics. You get the picture. Prospect Park has been left more wild than many of the other city parks, so you can head off into the many ravines and trails and find yourself almost in the woods. Until you hear a siren, of course or the distant thump of the outdoor dance party across the lake. In many ways, Brooklyn has less big destinations than Manhattan, less wowing sights and electric buzz. But Brooklyn is where everybody lives these days, including me. In Kensington, I see Bangladeshi women carrying pizza boxes and Orthodox Jews eating sushi. The Polish woman who lives across from me wears thick bifocals, always comes too close, speaks in impossible loud phrases of her own English, and has amazing hot pink sweatpants style. I couldn't make her up if I tried. This ain't sex in the city. Then there's Williamsburg. And much of Bushwick, where it feels like your jeans will never be skinny enough and your matcha latte is graded in ceremony. The demographic here is young and money is plentiful, from high-end entrepreneurs to startups burning through their venture capital. There's a seduction to this place, a sort of cocaine vibe that keeps everything bouncing upward. If you're tempted to find yourself here and have the money to burn, book a room at the Wythe or the William Vale Hotel, right in the midst of what only 20 years ago was industrial wasteland. Sweat it out to live salsa or DJ funk at one of the packed little clubs in South Williamsburg, where you can rub up against all your inhibition as the night gets hazy. Or plate up some fancy Sichuan at Birds of a Feather on Grand Avenue. While it might not be the cheapest or most authentic Sichuan in the city, grabbing a seat at the long communal tables to hobnob with the pulse of Williamsburg is an entree all of its own. For another vibe, venture to the farmer's market at Grand Army Plaza or Fort Greene Park on a Saturday any time of the year to buy your lacinato kale and upstate farmer lamb sausage. Or head to Brighton Beach on a hot summer day. You won't find many tourists at these places, and you will see a true New York life going by and peep the kinds of things New Yorkers keep for themselves. Number three, Queens. The most ethnically diverse place in the world. The best food. The cheapest real estate in the city. And still, Queens rarely gets the love. Why? Maybe because it feels far away from the rest of the city. More a part of Long Island than Gotham? Or maybe Queens has something on all of us. Minding its business. Eating. Working. Living. Queens is big, and there are a million little microcosms smushed up next to each other. Let's just say, it's where Donald J. Trump is from, and also Nas. 
Jackson Heights has more languages spoken on a given block than anywhere else in the world. It's where many Steinway pianos are still made. It's the only place I know of where there's a literal festival crawl just celebrating momos, those delicious Tibetan dumplings. There are some great museums and green spaces in Queens, but the draw here is the fact that having immigrant communities from everywhere means having the best food. If you want to experience your head like a chimney blowing its stack from the sheer heat of Thai chilies, Hug Esan in Elmshurst is your place. Or get tamales right off the street that feel as soft and swaddled as newborn babies. Chances are you'll find them under the overpass in Jackson Heights. Most of the best places will look unassuming, be in markets or with pigeon-pounded awnings. And be forewarned, many will only take cash. Number four, the Bronx. The Bronx has often been the underdog of the boroughs. It's still often associated with its plight in the 70s and often gets caught wearing shoes that no longer fit. But the Bronx is big. It's the birthplace of hip-hop and Ralph Lauren. The Bronx is where the Yankees hang their caps and where you can find the best pastrami in the city. It's the only borough with a Hispanic majority, and over 40% of its population is foreign-born. Here, you'll find churches bringing down the roof on Sunday mornings, where you'll find the mightiest Puerto Rican mofongo, and where you can pick the brains of young lawyers-to-be at Fordham University before you can't afford their hourly rate. By the way, recommendations for where to find all these things can be found in the notes. Except maybe for the lawyers. It's home to the largest wholesale food market in the world in Hunts Point, including the bustling, sprawling Fulton Fish Market, one of the only places in the world where you can bid on prized seafood like the old trading floors on Wall Street. Just plan your visit for the middle of the night. By 5 a.m., everything will be gone. Almost a quarter of the Bronx is open space. It's home to the New York Botanical Garden. Woodlawn Cemetery, Van Cortland Park, and the Bronx Zoo. Oh, and one more thing. It's always the Bronx. It needs that definite article. Number five, Staten Island. Staten Island is often disregarded, made fun of, and not included in New York's party. It used to hold the biggest dump in the country, called Fresh Kills, which, if you don't know the indigenous translation of kills, meaning river, feels pretty apt. It is reliably more conservative and more suburban than the rest of the city. With almost half the population of Italian descent, it's best known historically to be run by its own rules, otherwise known as the mob. But Staten Island also has some beautiful shorelines and good food. That old landfill is now a sprawling, amazing nature park. And against all assumptions, it's the birthplace of the Wu-Tang Clan. But as the only borough the subway system doesn't reach, it's harder to get to, and admittedly less compelling at first glance than the rest of the city if your time is limited. Still, it's worth a deep dive. Check out Fort Wadsworth, 
a sprawling and eerie national park recreation site of ill repair that holds remnants from the Revolutionary War. Or the Tugboat Graveyard, a scrapyard for boats and ships for the entire 20th century. It's officially closed to the public, but when has that ever stopped anyone? That said, if the only thing you do is take the free Staten Island Ferry for the stellar, up-close-and-personal views of the Statue of Liberty and downtown Manhattan only to turn around, you'll be in plenty of company. This is also, in case you need it, a classic New York date night. To take in each borough from afar will help you out with a New York watch list in the Circa app. Our favorite movies, TV shows, and documentaries that capture the city best. Hi, everyone. Circa is recruiting new concierges. A Circa concierge is a friend to ask anywhere in the world. Real people, on the ground, never bots. If you want to be a concierge for your city, go to circatravel.com to sign up. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. How to get around. Don't drive here. Don't rent a car. It's not as crazy anymore, which is actually kind of a loss. Driving in New York used to be a Buddhist trip meets Mr. Toad's wild ride. I miss speeding down streets in yellow cabs where sidewalks and lanes are all blurred, dodging pedestrians while listening to a sermon from my cabbie about the secrets of life, wondering if I was going to meet my maker again and again... Ah, what can I say? It still gives me a thrill thinking about it. Now, apps will magically bring a ride to your corner in the form of a shiny car with nice, clean seats where your driver will religiously follow the GPS. You won't even need to have cash on you or open your mouth if you don't want to. But at least once, hail a cab. 32, Frank, what is it? Just for old time's sake. When you catch sight of a yellow cab with its light on coming down the street, boldly step out to the edge of the sidewalk, throw your hand up without hesitation, and watch the cab screech to a halt just for you. You'll be in your own movie for a moment. That ride might be one of the best conversations you have. And you'll probably still have to dodge pedestrians. Those walk-don't-walk lights are simply a suggestion here. Note, not to totally romanticize the good old days. Rider apps have made it way more accessible to a lot of folks who historically were discriminated against when trying to hail cabs, and it is a lot safer. But mostly, and most importantly, if you can, walk. Walk everywhere. You'll see and hear and smell things you'd otherwise miss. You'll be distracted a million times over. You'll buy hot nuts on the sidewalk, see ridiculous people with ridiculous hair. You'll overhear gossip and banalities. You'll notice sublime architecture squished in between god-awful post-war concrete. You'll see New York. 
And when you need to get somewhere, if you can, take the subway. There is nowhere like it. A smash-up of humanity placed in a small container of life's necessities. Getting from one place to the other. Remember when I said that the experience of New York should not always be comfortable? That's the subway. But it's what makes New York move. And for anyone who comes here, navigating it is a rite of passage. The New York subway is one of the oldest transit systems in the world. And unlike cities like London and Boston that have been updated, you can tell. It's not the fastest or most reliable in the world. It's not the cleanest. But the New York City subway is a marvel. It stretches 248 miles to every borough. And unlike most places, it costs the same, no matter how far you go. Which means if you live in the Bronx, you aren't penalized for traveling all the way down to downtown Manhattan. It means transportation is democratized. And that means everything. And on the weekends and evenings, it's not uncommon for ridiculously talented acrobatic hip-hop dancers to invade your subway car and shout, It's showtime! While they swing on the subway poles with their kicks two inches from your face. Showtime, as it's called, is technically illegal, but that just makes it all the more entertaining. Give them some love when you see them. They work for it. Oh, and New Yorkers rarely call it the subway. We just call it the train. The A train. The F train. New York also has an expansive city bus system that reaches further and farther than the subway in every direction. Payment works the same on buses as the subway, but on the bus you can still pay with coins, nickels, dimes, and quarters. But here's the thing. You must have exact change. The drivers won't help you. So, fair warning. Luckily these days, you can just tap on with your phone, so it's less likely you'll be stranded trying to make change at the corner store. New York City buses are super useful, but they're also notoriously slow. Lastly, a newer addition to New York City's transport options is the expanded ferry system. Efficient, fast, cheap, fun? Ferries are a great way to get to specific destinations that used to be a real pain, like the Far Rockaways or Red Hook. And considering the history that most everyone arrived in New York on some kind of boat, it's a fitting way to honor the city and get a taste of its singular harbor. It's the same cost as a subway, but you actually get to see New York as you travel. And just a little note on safety. This isn't the 70s. You probably won't get mugged. But it's still a big city, and stuff goes down. For the most part, New York has become very safe. It's not rife with pickpockets like so much of Europe, and people flaunt their $1,000 phones without a thought. But don't be stupid. Don't walk by yourself in the parks late at night. Don't have your headphones on so loud you can't hear what's going on around you. Don't stand too close to the subway tracks, even though it seems everyone else is. Don't tell the guy on the corner that Chicago has better pizza. <laughs> Just remember... People everywhere do stupid and terrible things. Just stay alert. And also, ask for help if you need it. New Yorkers have this reputation for being rude, but really, it's just that people here are busy and usually have somewhere to be. 
Trust me, if you're ever in need, there is no one you'd rather have on your side than a New Yorker. How to order a bagel as an introduction to everything. Want to get in an argument real fast? Talk to New Yorkers about good bagels being from anywhere other than New York. It doesn't matter if it's the crappiest little deli with cases of macaroni salad that looks older than your grandma, it will still probably put any other bagel outside the city to shame. We know, we know, Montreal. You're a contender. But the simplicity of water, malt, yeast, and flour, boiled and then baked, smeared with a half inch of creamed tangy cheese and salty smoked fish, is enough to die happy. So what makes the bagel so good? It's the water, pure and simple. The only city in the world where millions of people drink gravity-fed, minimally processed, crystal-clear water from the Catskills, 100 miles upstate. You know what they say, it must be in the water. Well, this city can attest to it. It's also the same reason that the pizza's so good, but that's a whole other story. There is so much to say about food in New York. Be sure to listen to our Eat Here episode in this guide. For the real deal, head to Essabagel in the morning on 3rd Avenue and 51st Street and get whatever's hot out of the oven. Don't even think of toasting it. You want that crunch of the exterior and the chew of the middle. It's all about balance. Call it what you like. The yin-yang, nirvana, holy trinity, have an ecumenical field day. Just make sure the bagel is fresh. While there are no actual rules for how to order a bagel at a shop worth its malt, there is an unwritten code that I'm going to tell you now. Something way bigger than bagels. First off, don't be polite. Be direct. It's not, hi, how are you? Um, hmm, oh, that whitefish looks so good, but I don't know. I should probably just be simple. Okay, Ooh, everything or pumpernickel with scallion cream cheese. Oh, no, maybe the veggie one. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. You decide. No. A good bagel shop is busy, and the kindest thing you can do is cut to the chase, preferably all in one breath. Hi, let me get pumpernickel with scallion cream cheese. Add cucumbers. Thank you. It might feel rude, weird even, to be so curt, but it's not. Notice how you'll get the nod. You'll enter the flow. You'll get respect in a way that can't be bought. You've saved time. The most priceless thing there is in a city where everyone is poor for it. New York isn't nice, but it's good. Good the way a neighbor will carry your couch up three flights of stairs just because... Good the way people with the least will be the most generous. Good the way that when shit hits the fan, and it often does in New York, whether it's a global pandemic, or a terrorist attack, or a hurricane, or a blackout, New Yorkers come together like no one else. Where to stay and what not to do. A hotel? An Airbnb? 
someone's couch, there are benefits and drawbacks to all. While Airbnbs and Verbos all over the world can be the best way to be smack dab in a neighborhood away from tourism, be warned. In New York City, they also can be notoriously crappy and not anything like the pictures. If you already know someone who is willing to host you, you'll save a ton of money. But first, a word of advice. A tip for staying with friends. Everyone knows someone who lives in New York, right? In many places in the world, you can stay with a friend of a friend, and it's even exciting for your host. You buy them a bottle of wine and have a free spot to explore. New York is different. No one here has enough space. Hardly anyone has a guest room, and your apartment is your one sacred place not to be bombarded by input. If you stay with your friends, and especially your friends' friends, know this golden rule. Two to three nights is the unspoken limit, unless they are family or you're sharing their bed. So feel free to take up that offer from your college roommate's brother, but don't be surprised if when you announce you're coming for five days, you get the stink eye. It's not personal. It's survival. That brings us to a rapid-fire list of what not to do in New York City. Don't stay in Times Square. Go to a show, but don't fool yourself thinking that that's the best place to see New York. Don't call it Houston Street. It's Houston. Don't freak out if you see a rat. Unless it is in your house. Then, freak. Don't feed the squirrels. Don't put ketchup on your hot dog. That's for kids. Just sauerkraut and mustard. Maybe onions. Don't judge a cheap slice. It might be even better than the fancier ones. And yeah, I'm talking about pizza. Don't toast your bagels if they're fresh. Don't try to get on the train until people have gotten off. On the flip side, if you just got off a train and people are frantically trying to go through the turnstiles to make their train, don't try to exit at the same time. Let the poor commuters through. Even if you can't believe how much your coffee or cocktail or meal was, and even if you know the servers are making more than you do when it seems like the bussers are doing all the work, don't skimp on the tip. It's 20%. Don't get drunk and then fall asleep on the subway. You'll wake up drunker and somewhere you don't want to be. Don't presume anyone is less than worthy to add to your New York education. Listen to what the guy at the bodega has to say, or the homeless person who asks for change and has a million stories to tell you, or, like I said, the taxi driver. Think twice before you give anyone your number, the bills in your pocket, your time. Don't be selfish, but don't be stupid. Don't try to do it all, but don't not try to do it all. Don't be nice. Be good. Five famous things to do right. We can't leave you without mentioning some of the obvious sights in New York City and why they deserve at least a gander. One, Times Square. Okay, let's just begin by saying it's ridiculous. Endless jumbotrons and endless people in jumbo cartoon suits selling you anything they can. Every inch of every building lit up like an IMAX. It's pretty much the surest sign humanity will blow its last wad on advertising the end times instead of making sure they don't happen. 
but it's so over the top, it's amazing, and you should go once. Times Square used to be seedy, illicit goods and sex shops right smack up against Broadway shows. It's safe now. But the Disneyfication aside, take the subway to 42nd Street from almost any train, and even before you emerge from the subterranean vaults, you'll probably encounter two to three live acts of music and dance worthy of your pause and your donation. Once you get out, just look up. Here, you can feel free to stop, to gawk, to stare. Here, you can be a tourist. Everyone is. My advice for Times Square is to go after an amazing meal or show or film somewhere else in New York City. Arrive right before midnight for the longest-running digital art show in the world. A free three-minute giant exhibition that synchronizes the chaotic blinking television ads for a brief hijacked moment of bliss. Don't stop to eat here or buy tickets to a comedy show. Just let the tide sweep you down the block and right back out of there. Two, Statue of Liberty. Okay, I admit it. I'm like almost every other New Yorker I know. I've never been to the Statue of Liberty. And so I feel confident telling you that the best way to go is to not go at all, especially if your time is limited. The way to experience the Statue of Liberty is to do what all of us do. Head down to Whitehall Terminal and catch the free Staten Island Ferry. Sit on the benches on the east side of the ferry and watch Lady Liberty for all her glory as you sail by. Three, Empire State Building. There's a reason why Cary Grant and Deborah Kerr decide the Empire State Building is the most romantic place to seal their affair. It's true, there are now taller buildings in New York City, but nothing is as iconic. I admit, I was skeptical to wait in line for a cranky old elevator to take me to the top of a building to see the city I thought I already knew. But there's just something about seeing New York from that height. All the madness just seems like part of a divine plan. The city isn't dirty or loud from up there. It's striking. Especially seeing Central Park for all its green glory and downtown with its skyscrapers like a billboard for what a city should look like. It's both giant and tiny all at once. The only problem is the ticket price keeps getting steeper and steeper. So make sure you don't pay full price. I'd suggest getting the New York C3, which is a nine-day pass and includes three of the main tourist destinations, including the Met and MoMA. Four, Metropolitan Museum of Art. Much like the Louvre in Paris, this museum should not be missed. Also much like the Louvre, it's giant. So if you don't know where to go, you might end up feeling like a marble in a maze. The Metropolitan Museum of Art is a global treasure. And yes, that means all sorts of things, not lost on any of us that many of these treasures were acquired by ransacking the globe. Like all museums, it's both antiquated and problematic that way. And yet still, astonishing to have so much of history and magnificence represented in one place. 
I love going on a rainy day and listening to the rain pound down over the atrium, surrounded by Greek statues of muscled gods. Make sure you don't miss Jules Bastien Lepage's Joan of Arc in Gallery 800 by All the Rodin, a painting you could stare at for half the day. Or the giant Buddhas when you enter in the East Asia wing. Otherwise, I have two suggestions for how to do the Met right. Take most of the day and really get lost in the paint strokes and reverie of a whole palace dedicated to the art of looking. Or give yourself a much smaller time limit, but instead of just blitzing through everything, give yourself permission to walk through the galleries until a piece grabs your attention, and then spend longer than you think just looking at it. Trust that that's why you came. 5. Central Park We touched on this a bit earlier, and in a lot of ways you can't go wrong, but I want to mention a couple special spots that deserve the trick. First is Shakespeare's Garden, tucked away next to the Belvedere Castle. Yes, there is a castle in Central Park, of course, that features plants and flowers mentioned by the bard. There are plenty of rustic benches made from branches, and somehow it feels off the beaten path. There are three large woodlands in Central Park, and each is amazing to have the uncanny feeling of being totally in the woods in the middle of one of the biggest cities in the world. My favorite is the 40-acre Northern Woodlands, where you'll find the ravine, which includes a series of waterfalls and is breathtaking any time of the year, but especially after a new snow or in the autumn. It is actually possible to get lost in this part of the park, so keep your bearings a bit if that feels unwieldy. Lastly, if you want to feel like you are in a real-time painting and catch much of the picturesque action, find yourself at Hernshead, a huge glacial rock right on the lake with splendid views of everything. Bring a picnic. Soak it up. Thumb your nose at the concrete jungle. As soon as you get off the plane or cross over the bridge into New York City, you'll feel a kick in the adrenals. an immediate onslaught of all five senses. There is nowhere in the world that smells like New York's subway, and most of us kind of love it. Screeching brakes and jacked-up ambulances and honking horns, you just stop hearing them after a while. If this city was a stereo mixer, much of the time the dial would be in the red zone. You'll quickly learn what to touch and not touch. No one I know in this city plops down on their couch or bed with their shoes still on. Just think of how many other people's footsteps you are going to walk over in the course of an hour, much less a day. Not to mention old gum and piss and spit and... Look around, and most everything is janky, worn, dirty. With over 8 million people pounding the pavement every day, there's no chance of keeping things pristine. The crazy thing is you'll get used to it. All of it. The noise, the jank, the crazy cost of everything. It's one of the problems and blessings of humans. We can adapt to anything. There are a million things to see everywhere you look, but it's only once you live here do you learn how to not see much of it. Then you surprise yourself with how little you see, even what's in front of you. It's why I love when visitors come, 
It reminds me to experience everything again. To remember what it was like to feel the onslaught. Like new love, when you feel both exhilarated and slightly nauseous all the time. So I'd say bask in the onslaught. Let yourself swoon a bit. Which brings me to some final thoughts. New York is sexy. Extra napkins in both hands kind of sexy. Will you ever even be the same kind of sexy? But be warned. New York will seduce you. Play you even. Leave you thinking you're special while it takes your energy, youth, money, and synovial fluid right out of your knees. You might not ever get enough, and when you leave, you'll wonder if you'll ever meet another like them. Remember, New York was made to make a buck, and it'll spit you out as easily as it welcomed you in. And I said before, it's the people that make a place, which is why the important things anywhere are all the more important here. Good friends, good shoes, and a good bed, good food. Don't think you can forsake them and be happy. Sure, it was what every famous artist in the 60s and 70s did, but I'd like to think of that as a fatal flaw. All in all, it's the greatest city in the world. Without a doubt. No question about it. And any of y'all that want to disagree, go right ahead. There's no need to argue. Except New Yorkers love to argue. Let's argue. Thanks for listening to our New York Start Here episode. Now that we've initiated you into this huge, whip-smart, melting pot of a city, remember to check out the other episodes in this guide for deeper dives into New York City's food, history, theater, and more. Whether you're heading to New York right now, sometime in the near future, or would just like to learn all about a place I truly love, you'll get instant access to the full guide, plus new episodes on a regular basis when you subscribe to Circa. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or download the Circa app, where you can also get pictures and maps and notes on the places in this episode and more. Maybe you'll want to sample our guides for Los Angeles, Mexico City, Hawaii, and many others. Circa. Love the world you live in, and we'll help you explore it. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.